0: Hi, I'm Theo DeRosa, sports editor for the Commercial Dispatch, and welcome to Bully Banter, our weekly Mississippi State sports podcast. I'm joined by Colin Dams and Alex Murphy as Mississippi State takes a bye week this week after a loss at Alabama, MSU five and three, two and three in the SEC. I was at Tuscaloosa this weekend, kind of what we expected from that game. 30 to six, the Crimson Tide beat the Bulldogs. Colin, Alex, give me your thoughts on that game at Alabama.
1: Uh, well, you know, it was a methodical 15-play um, drive to get the touchdown there at the end. But um, other than that, not much going for Mississippi State on offense, which seems to be the case uh, in this series uh, for the past few years. Um, I don't really know what else we expected. Probably more catches uh, in some of those situations for sure. And I know Mike Leach um, made made comments on that. We think. We, that's what he was talking about, but um, he made some comments that had things to do with dinosaurs and evolution and all that, but um, yeah, this was a bad one, and um, it, it, it's tough because Alabama is obviously the team everyone wants to beat in college football every year. Nick Saban is going to go down as one of the best coaches of all time for the work he does with this program. So there's never really an expectation that Mississippi State are going to win this game. But we'll never know whether they can or not if they don't put up anything in the first half. And uh, there were so many times in this game where it was just like shooting themselves in the foot. It was it was
2: hard to watch. It was yeah, it was a rough one for State. Uh, But again, like you said, Theo, I think it was a result that a lot of people expected to happen just because Bamba doesn't lose off of a loss. Like, I don't know the last time that they've had two cons- – it's been quite a bit since the last time that they've had two consecutive losses in a season because that's just not something that they do. And I don't want to say that they took all of their frustration out on State because I think that was more of, like, uh, uh, the game that Colin was very um, excited about, Ohio State-Iowa, which is – one where Ohio State literally took out all of their anger and frustration on Iowa, scored about as many points as you can think of. This game was much more of like they just it was like a snake suffocating someone. And it was like it was like slowly constricting and curling the person up until the point of submission. And that was kind of just what happened.
0: Thanks for that evocative metaphor there or simile, <laughs> I should say. But, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, they did just kind of build the leap throughout the game. Honestly, I thought Mississippi State had chances. I mean, they got into the red zone, they got inside the 25 or the 30, at least a couple other times, but drops were an issue. They just, I don't, I didn't love the play calling on like third and fourth and short yeah. in the red zone or down in that territory. A couple passes on like third and one at the 29 fell incomplete. Obviously, that's not going to work if you're trying to score on Alabama. Just you can see that they had chances. And again, they just kind of made a lot of mistakes. And we've seen that now for, for two straight weeks and they're going to have to clean that up over the bye week
1: the defense gave them chances in this game like more more than in one stretch because I, I, Alabama obviously had the 17 point second quarter but to start the game you know they, they only had the one touchdown the third quarter Mississippi State's defense looked awesome and just continually the offense couldn't do anything to try and get back in a game you can get back into at that point um I mean, rushing Alabama, Jameer Gibbs only had 37 yards on the night. Um, Jace McClellan only had nine. They, 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 Alabama was not able to kill the clock as efficiently as people might think looking at the score of this game. And, um, yeah, it, it was just really disappointing that it seems like the offense is, again, going to be the major problem for Mississippi State on a team that, you know, the head coach's identity comes from his offensive coaching.
0: Yeah, I've been pretty impressed with Zach Arnett's defense this year. Like you said, Mississippi State held Alabama to technically 29 yards on 27 rushes. Now, four of those were sacks, and there was like an 11-yard team loss in there. I think it might have been a bowl. But still, it was like 22 for 53 if you take those things out. And that's a really good rushing performance against Gibbs, who ran for like seven yards a carry, and against Alabama overall. Yeah, there was a three-game
1: stretch where Jameer Gibbs was averaging like 10 yards a carry. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I also think
2: it is worth noting that against a team like Alabama, um, state really couldn't afford to make any mistakes. And then as soon as they ended up making those mistakes, you know, Alabama more or less found ways to take advantage of them. So, you know, in big games like that against big opponents, you can't, you know, the little things are the most important things. And if you can't execute the little things, then everything else kind of slowly starts to. Uh, fall apart and you know it's a domino effect and snowball effect from that point
0: mm-hmm. now Mississippi State heads into the bye week at five and three four games left three of them at home Auburn Georgia East Tennessee State and you've got the Egg Bowl in Oxford knowing what we know now where this team sits five and three what are you guys thinking will be their final record this year because I'm still kind of seeing seven and five although I did pick eight and four and I can see them winning the Egg Bowl in Oxford as well
1: yeah. That's a weird one. Cause Ole Miss looks very, they've almost, I mean, they only lost their first game this past weekend at LSU, mm. but Ole Miss has looked vulnerable for most of the season. And you know, if Mississippi state goes up to Oxford with the right mindset, they can, they can definitely win that game. The problem is every road game we've seen from them in the sec this season has not had that focus that it takes to overcome the environment and overcome the team that they're facing. Uh, you have to beat Auburn. That's, this is a team that is not having a good season. Um, it seems like they're looking for every reason to fire Brian Harson. Um, East Tennessee State, you know, that's that's one of the late season easy wins that SEC teams like to schedule. I I, I could honestly see them upsetting Georgia. I, I'm not super impressed by Georgia's offense this season. The problem is their defense and our offense it does not seem like a favorable matchup. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm leaning
2: towards seven and five from this one. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that it's worth noting that the two games, I think, you know, looking at the egg ball, the two games this season that Ole Miss has really had the most trouble, uh, like uh, Michael was talking about last week, uh, was the – well, you know, it ended up being the game against LSU and the game against Tulsa with two dual-threat quarterbacks who can do a lot, and that then presents a problem – because Will Rogers really isn't a dual threat quarterback in that sort of way. So uh, they're going to need a lot out of that. And they're really going to need to utilize the run game uh, in that game specifically against Ole Miss because they don't, you know, they don't have the luxury uh, of having a guy um, to be able to, you know, be that dual threat um, on the field. So I, I, I agree with both of you. I think that the Auburn and East Tennessee – I mean, East Tennessee should be a cupcake game that they should win pretty handedly. But the Auburn game should be one that they should definitely uh, win handedly or at least win comfortably. And I don't know about the Georgia game uh, just because – I don't know. Georgia doesn't need to – like when you have that good of a defense, you don't really need to have an incredible offense because the defense is just that good. So because the defense is just that good, I it'll be like – Literally everything will need to be absolutely perfect, and there will need to be no mistakes in order for
0: State to upset Georgia. I don't know. Mizzou nearly upset Georgia by, without uh, with, while making quite a few mistakes, but almost <laughs> doesn't really count. In well, this maybe point. that was just yeah. a
1: lapse of judgment game. For them. Uh, Georgia's going to be coming off facing uh, Tennessee as well, so potential trap game That after is true, big game. Um... Letdown
0: game. Or they'll, yeah, lose to, or they'll lose to Tennessee and then beat the ever living heck out of the <laughs> yeah, So it'll be the exact same yeah. thing as the they'll Alabama they'll, situation? Exactly. Bamba part two. With the records that you guys project, or with how you see the rest of the season going, I'm kind of interested to see where you guys think they might end up in terms of a potential bowl game. I feel pretty confident in saying they'll get to six wins with East Tennessee State and Auburn on the schedule it's looking kind of around the same range. I don't think they'd go back to the Liberty bowl, but what's around there. I mean, the Birmingham bowl, the uh, music city bowl, the Las Vegas bowl, potentially I'd be down for a trip that isn't within like four hours of Columbus or
2: Starkville. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I mean, I
1: was going to say just cause uh, I mean, we are living in a bit of a cost of living crisis. So I'm sure for fans, it would be nice if it was Birmingham or uh, Memphis. Um, I, I think it usually eight games is the threshold. Plus I, I don't know what seating is anymore, but the tax Slayer, if it's still called that uh, the Gator bowl in Jacksonville is another one that likes to uh, pick up the sec teams if they can and get them, a, get them in a big 10 matchup. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know too much about uh, predicting bulls this um, kind of in a mid season mark. I, I'm sure there's some other Twitter accounts that like to do that.
0: The Texas I mean, Bowl is also a possibility. I think yeah. Belk Bowl is that is that different than the Frisco Bowl or is that the same thing? No, the Texas Bowl is in Houston at Energy Stadium. I'm pretty sure that's oh, okay.
1: Okay, yeah, um, what, a nice stadium, but uh, in the middle of nowhere.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will say I did say this before the year, but Maryland's bowl eligible. And hopefully state will be bowl eligible and it would be really, really fun to see that as a bowl game. I think that would be very entertaining to see them. So I would, that would be probably music city because I think music city is the only one that has the sec big 10 tie in like that. But I think that would honestly be an entertaining game. I'm just sure that there's teams that are better in both the sec and big 10 that will make a bowl game, but won't make the playoff. And I think the music city is kind of on like that, like mid to high tier in terms of teams that get in. Cause I think last year it was Purdue and Tennessee and I forget Purdue's record, but I would, I think that they only lost like three or four games. I want to say
0: both of them were eight and four, maybe one of them was seven and five or nine and three. They were pretty decent teams at that. Yeah.
2: Point. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking that probably won't happen, but it is fun, you know, to think about that it could happen because Mississippi state most likely will be ball eligible, you know, barring some sort of just massive collapse, but I don't see that happening.
0: With uh, Mississippi State playing at night, I was able to watch some of the morning games. What did you guys see from some of the other games around the country? Because I thought Syracuse was impressive until the last kind of few minutes when they kind of started to fall off. But that's about the only game I watched. What did you guys see from what would have been, I believe, week eight in college football?
1: Uh, That was a painful one, Theo. Why did we have to start with that one? I, I of course, picked (laughs) Syracuse to beat Clemson um, on this podcast. And as is tradition, uh, lost <laughs> pretty spectacularly as uh, Syracuse blew it. Uh, former Mississippi State quarterback Garrett Schrader looked really good in the first half of that game, not very good in the second half. Clemson seem like a team that uh, are destined to make the playoff by squeaking by um, most of their schedule. Uh, I'm sure you know they'll have to face another semi-tough matchup when it comes to the ACC championship game, but... Uh, for now, it looks like they're going to stay undefeated. And um, it. I also think that it, it may be time to bench Uyagalole. It seems like they know what they're doing with their backup more.
2: Yeah, I I, I got a chance to watch that because I was also at the EMCC game on Saturday. So um, I wasn't able to watch most everything, but I was able to watch you know bits and pieces of things. I did see the end of that game it was... You know, for how promising of a start that Syracuse had, you know, major let that at the end. And I'm still far from convinced that Clemson is going to I mean, they could they could get in just because of, you know, reputation of being Clemson. And, you know, if they are unbeaten, you know, credit to them for doing that. But there's just nothing about them that shouts out to me that they're, you know good enough to get into the national championship and win a game in the playoff. I just think that whoever they're going to play, they're probably going to get obliterated by just because they haven't shown me anything yet, but I could be dead wrong. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other games. I watched a little bit of the Cincy game Uh, Cincinnati played, if I'm not mistaken, they played uh, SMU and that game was pretty entertaining Uh, SMU, you know, the, the American athletic conference is one that just like the, the big 12, they sometimes defense just doesn't exist. And that then allows itself for some fun, high-scoring games. And SMU is a team that likes to score a lot. Uh, but Cincinnati looked looked good and were able to pull out a win there at SMU, if I'm not mistaken. So that was a good win. I know SMU is only like a 500 team this year. But, you know, still still a pretty good win there. Uh, I did watch Texas, – uh,
1: Texas and Oklahoma State was another kind of shootout that was like it. that. That was really fun.
2: Yeah, I, I think I might have seen bits and pieces of that game. But I know that that game was entertaining. Uh, it was definitely a running backs game. Uh,
1: Bijan Robinson had a good day, and Oklahoma State, uh, I think they trailed for most of the game, but came back and won it at home. Um, yeah, my main takeaway is still that I think Texas under Quinn Ewers is going to be nice, and to transition to Arch Manning after that is uh,
2: kind of dangerous. Yeah, I agree. And then the majority of the game that I watched was the Maryland-Northwestern game, and Roman Hemby is just an absolute tank. That's all I'll say. Dude is just such a good – it's so good, and I don't know why. Like, it's so weird because teams – it's the same. I know that state is a team that is one that relies way more on passing than it does on running, but they've definitely done a lot more of relying on running this year, or at least utilizing it. Uh, And it's worked in the same, like in that Maryland game, like they just didn't use Hemby at at one point. And then as soon as they started using him, he just like started getting off, you know, big run after big run. And uh, I think scored like two or three touchdowns on the ground. So, uh, you know, the run game is, is, uh, can be dangerous if you use properly.
0: Did you guys see the potential seven-way Big Ten West tie that has Northwestern? I did see that. It did. And...
2: Absolutely atrocious.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> it requires Northwestern to win two more games, I think. That's not gonna which doesn't nope. seem
0: likely. It requires them to beat uh, Illinois, which is probably not happening. Yeah, least.
1: I mean, hey, look. Uh, Illinois and Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, that doubles up on trophies, which I don't think we've had before in a conference championship game. You'd have the Illibuck trophy, which is like a wooden turtle thing. And then the Big Ten trophy. So
2: I, I'm I'm personally rooting for that to happen. I thought you meant like they played each other in the Big Ten, like like in the Big Ten championship game for men's basketball. I also year. thought
0: that too. Yeah, like, okay. oh no, no, no. <laughs> I,
2: like, I can't even think back to that far.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well but the last okay. time Illinois was good at basketball. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I they mean they were at four C they keep losing in like the second round. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Big Ten, we're going to get to our picks for this week. First game on the docket, Ohio State at Penn State. Pick Penn State to beat Minnesota last week. All of us did, and we were all right. Got to go with Ohio State this week, though. I just don't see them losing.
1: Yeah, look, um, I I know other teams in the Big Ten, they make a big deal out of winning streaks. Um, You know, Michigan had their revenge tour little hype train a a few years ago. But, uh, look, this is expected of Ohio State. They knew this coming in. They haven't lost yet, and Ryan Day has a new strategy, which is uh, destroy every team by as many points as possible. Uh, it's worked so far in the Big Ten, and I I expect it will work again in uh, College Station on Saturday. Give me the Buckeyes. Uh,
0: I hope they're yeah. not playing College Station, but that's okay. State College, Happy Valley. Oh right, yeah, that's AM. I think all this <laughs> is gonna. We're gonna get to that one. We'll get to the yeah, yeah, yeah. College Station.
2: I. Uh, I mean, Penn State, you know, they were a team that a few years ago were able to uh, pull off some magic. But that was also a, uh, a whiteout game at night. And this is like a noon kickoff or 11 a.m. kickoff for us. So I just think that they're going to get battered. So I'm picking battered. Ohio State. Yeah.
0: Oklahoma State at Kansas State. I picked Texas to beat OK State last week. Not really sure who I'm going to go with it in this one. So I'll let you guys start.
1: I mean,
2: you picking first hasn't given us an advantage at all so far this season. So. I'm just um, going to say I've been very impressed with with AJ Martinez, but I think that he was also like he showed glimpses of that at, at Nebraska, but the fact that he's been able to more consistently do it I think with a better team at K-State has been uh good this year. So that's, you know, something to keep an uh some something to keep an eye on heading into this game.
1: Yeah, I think Kansas State at home is a uh, a nice advantage. I'm I'm not going to pick against Oklahoma State again, though. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the the pokes.
2: I like I like Oklahoma State as well in this game, just because you know what I just said about Adrian Martinez. He's good, but I just think that Oklahoma State has been a very good team this year and looked good against Texas. So I think even though they're on the road, I think they should be able to pull it
0: out against K State. I actually picked K State while you guys mm-hmm. were talking, so we'll see how that goes. Like that. You guys mentioned Cincinnati winning on the road against SMU. They're playing another the bounce people. house. Cincinnati at UCF. I'm going to go with Cincinnati until proven otherwise. Right now.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go Cincinnati too. I feel, I feel compelled to to root for Cincinnati to do well. Uh, I don't know why. I, I liked them getting to the playoff last year. I was disappointed. It turned into a, a little bit of a boring. Alabama playing it safe to beat them game. But, um, yeah, I'm going
2: to take Cincinnati. Uh, it, it's interesting because this is not the same UCF team that we've seen in previous years. And also, you know, the reason why it's said bounce outs is because I'm pretty sure spectrum stadium or whatever the hell it's called right now is, is definitely structurally unstable to some extent. Hence the reason why it's called that because the stadium literally bounces, uh, when it's sold out and it should be sold out for this game. I know that, uh, what's it called? Um, who was it? Corso was the one who was trying to you know, advocate for game day going to UCF, but they're going to Jackson State this week, which is a much better uh, thing, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. UCF just isn't convincing to me. And since he's looked good enough, so I think that uh, and since he's ranked. So um, I think off of that, I'm just going to pick Cincy to win. but it should be a close game.
0: couple SEC games, starting with Kentucky at Tennessee. I didn't, I thought Kentucky played pretty well against Mississippi state, but Tennessee has just been on a different level this year beat uh, UT Martin. I think it was by quite a bit, especially at home. I got to go with Tennessee.
1: Yeah. I think, um, there's a good chance this Heisman race turns into a two horse race that Hendon hooker still remains in the lead of against CJ e. Stroud. Um, he's not held back at all in these games. Uh, he's really, really throwing the ball. Well, um, I expect Tennessee to to win this one
0: pretty
2: easily. I'm going to uh, give me Rocky Top on this one. I think that they're looking very sharp.
0: Kind of a closer matchup, at least uh, point spread-wise. mentioned it earlier, but Ole Miss coming off that loss at LSU. It's going to College Station to face Texas A&M. I think Ole Miss gets it done. I wouldn't be shocked to go otherwise, but going to go with Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, it feels like A&M is spiraling a little bit. Um, I know that got that got going a little bit in terms of the pressure put on uh, Jimbo Fisher, but um, these losses and especially losing to South Carolina, just it seems like things are starting to get bad there. I I think Ole Miss is going to take this one.
2: Yeah, uh and is no pushover game, and playing at Kyle Field is going to be tough. But, you know, with how the game went for Ole Miss uh, against LSU, I, I think that, you know, they're going to have that extra hunger this week to pull out a win and pull out a convincing win. So I think that they'll do that.
0: And the last game of the week for us is uh, Baylor at Texas Tech. I think Baylor wins. I know that they just beat Kansas. Uh, I still think Baylor is going to go out and win in, in Lubbock.
1: Yeah, Tuck burned me once in the pick already, so I'm going with
2: Baylor. I don't know. I have no clue what the spread on this game is. I don't know like, what to expect from this game. I Is Baylor ranked? I don't think that they're ranked, and if they are, they're probably. I think they're a
0: two-point favorite, two-and-a-half. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah. Baylor hasn't nearly been as good as people expected them to be at the start of the season, um, and I'm pretty sure Tech was ranked at least for a brief part of the year so far. Uh, and Tech playing at home, I understand that they're, um, you know, it's a it's sub three point spread all around. Uh, I'm just going to go with Tech just because I don't know. I feel like it's going to be like it's either going to be a defensive game or it's just going to be an absolute shootout. Uh, and it's going to be like 48, 45 and Tech's going to win.
0: I appreciate that. Be- Beside my Kansas State pick, we would all picked like the exact same teams <laughs> in every other game. So thank you for out. Honestly- I- up a bit. i didn't
2: i didn't know who to pick on that one so i was just like i'll just, just pick the home team and see what happens
0: <laughs> Fair enough. that's always a good strategy honestly we'll see we'll see all right that wraps it up for picks but we've got some other mississippi state sports going on quite a few in fact basketball starting in less than two weeks colin uh, you were at sec media days for women's basketball last week can you give us a quick rundown of kind of what the mood is around the team right now
1: yeah it's excitement um I mean, Sam Purcell, when he was named head coach back in the spring, he brought so much energy and expectation as well uh, to the program. He was an assistant for, I think, just over a decade at Louisville under Jeff Walls. Um, He's continually talked about how thankful he is just, you know, to Jeff Walls in Louisville for that opportunity. Uh, Him being there for so long as kind of a high-profile assistant as well, it, it seems like he was waiting for an opportunity like this to open up uh, for a program where he saw potential to, you know, really take things to the next level, uh, in his first head coaching gig. And, uh, that energy's kind of resonated with the players as well. The, a very replenished roster, lots of transfers coming in, uh, very talented freshman class as well. He spoke really highly of Debris Poe, um, from Meridian, Mississippi, um, Said to you know expect big things from her in her freshman year, so it seems like she's going to get some meaningful minutes at least uh, to start off the season. And um, yeah, I, I think they have a very favorable non-conference schedule as well to try and get some momentum going uh, as they enter the SEC. Of course, they're going to have to feel things out. There's a new head coach, lots of new players, um, but but overall things just feel very positive um, and a stark contrast to the end of last season as well, where you know, only seven active players on the roster for much of the SEC schedule players who had left through the transfer portal um, just seemed very down on themselves. They thought that they could, you know, make a, make a run into the NCAA tournament, even with just seven players, they weren't able to do that. They had a losing streak to end the season. So uh, Anastasia Hayes in particular has been very vocal about, you know, putting that behind them and really embracing the opportunity this season. Um, She, talked about being a winner and not wanting that to be her legacy at Mississippi state and uh, Jessica Carter coming back as well. The two, the two of them are on a lot of watch lists in preseason as well as Anastasia Hayes is preseason, all sec first team and Carter is second team. So yeah, there there's definitely talent on this team and uh, some very good vibes at the moment.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned them having a new coach, obviously the men's basketball team does as well. They brought over Chris Jans from New Mexico state in the off season Jans has kind of taken the tack of, like, we're not really sure what the identity is going to be with this team, which is fair. I mean, he's never coached them in a game yet. They had a secret, quote-unquote, secret scrimmage against North Texas a couple weeks ago. They have another one this Saturday against Little Rock, and then they open the season on November 7th. So kind of the calendar is winding down for them. I mean, you're getting really close to the time where it's time to get on the court and win some games. We'll see how well they're prepared to do that. They lost Iverson Molinar to professional ranks. He wasn't drafted, but he got on the Bucks like summer league team. I want to say I'm not sure if he made the roster for their team, but he's obviously a big loss from what they had last year. Kind of brought back most everybody else, but they did lose some depth pieces like Derek Fountain and Anderson Garcia to the transfer portal. Brought in Deshaun Davis from Oregon State, Eric Reed from Simo, Jamel Horton from Albany. All of those guys are guards. And they also brought in Tyler Stevenson, a forward transfer from New Hope, uh, who was was at Southern Miss. So you've seen them try to rebuild through the portal with all the guys that they lost after Ben Howland was fired. It's going to be hard to kind of mesh so early on, I think, under a new coach. So we'll see how long that kind of takes. But they've got kind of favorable non-conference schedule early on. I mean, you have like Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Akron, South Dakota. Those are the first three games, I think. You can kind of see their opportunities to win, while also kind of figuring out what you have on the roster.
1: It got a little bit scary, I think, towards the end of recruitment for them last season, because it seemed like a lot of state players had entered the transfer portal, and then most of them went went decided to stay. Do you feel like the the vibe has changed at all from the uncertainty that started with him being named head
0: coach? I think they definitely has, because, like you said. DJ Jeffries and Shaquille Moore both chose to come back. Just having two starters on last year's team decide to stay, I think that helps so much when you're building a roster in the first year. And it's not like those guys were amazing last year. They definitely had their share of struggles, but just having them back with Toler Smith and with Cameron Matthews and some of the other guys on the team is definitely going to be helpful because they didn't return that many players. I think the two guys I mentioned, Shaq Moore and DJ Jeffries, tolu smith cameron matthews and then freshman Keyshawn murphy those were like the only scholarship returners from last year and while basketball is starting soon we obviously have mississippi state sports that are still going on mississippi state volleyball hosts Ole miss on wednesday night that game will be over by the time you guys hear this but alex what do you think about the volleyball team right now from what you've seen uh
2: they're unfortunately they've kind of taken a step back from where they were last year. They're 11 and eight going into this game. I think they're four and five in conference play. It's been, it's been tougher for them to kind of get things stabilized. Uh, And you know, tonight's game against uh, or Wednesday uh, night's game against Ole Miss should be a good one because Ole Miss is kind of hovering around that 500 mark too. They're eight and 10, I think. So you know both teams kind of hovering around 500 looking to find some sort of semblance before the end of the season uh and you know of course it's you know mississippi state Ole miss regardless of what uh sport it's in it's still going to be a big m- matchup so i'm expecting a good a good match i could see it go four or five um sets tonight you know it could go the distance or state could you know like uh, I really don't think that state would sweep, but if they do, I mean, that's, that's really, really good for them in terms of uh, how the rest of the season is going, but, you know, just kind of like, you know, just ride in the wave right now, nothing too crazy or too terrible.
0: And then with soccer, they're hosting Georgia and what's going to be a pretty big game for both of those teams with like sec tournament seating and postseason implications. How do you feel the soccer team season is going without, you know, Maddie Anderson lately with some of the injuries that they've had?
2: Yeah, the injuries are starting to pile up. They've definitely started to pile up in their last five matches. they have I'm pretty sure that they've lost three of five. They um, drew one against Mizzou, lost against South Carolina, beat Ole Miss 1-0. Then Bama came, and that was a big game because Bama right now uh, in one poll is the number one team in the nation. They're number three in the United Soccer Coaches poll. Uh, And the game was really, really close. Uh, State tied it up going into the half. So they were, you know, it was, it was one, one and there was just one play in the second half that really, you know, flipped the entire momentum of the game Uh, state player lost control. I think it was Molly McDougal instead of passing it back, just tried to, you know, find a way to get it out herself in order to clear it Uh, didn't end up doing that lost possession and then Bama scored off of a um, – there was a cross in that didn't work. Then there was another cross. A player headed it in, made it 2-1. And then after that point, they just kept scoring and it ended up 4-1. And then they played Vandy at Vandy, which I thought was going to be a game that they were going to win. But unfortunately, Vandy scored a goal in the second half and ended up beating them 2-1. So now they have four losses on the season. Uh, three – no, three or four. I, I It's – some. I'm, I'm trying to think. No, I think it's I think it's three losses in the season, four ties, so they're 10-4-3 right now uh, heading into this game against Georgia. They've already qualified for the SEC tournament uh, in Pensacola, but they really, really need this game in terms of just momentum and not as much seeding, but more or less momentum heading into the uh,
0: postseason. Sounds good. I think that does it for this week's episode of Bully Banter. Thank you guys for joining me, and we'll see you next week.